We're going to be in the book of Genesis this morning, uh, chapter 32. If you guys have a Bible, go ahead and open them up. I get to teach. Uh, I get to teach in the Old Testament today. I think this is the first time from the pulpit I'm teaching from the Old Testament. So you guys are uh, you guys are taking that ride with me this morning. Just check one off of my preaching bucket list this morning. As I said, Terry's out of town today. Um, he's over at Calvary Ontario this morning, uh, filling in uh, for Pastor Paul over there, which is a cool guy that I met when I was over in Boise a few weeks ago. But uh, he's out of town, and and I uh, I get an opportunity to to come up here and, and teach for you guys. So I'm excited this morning. <clears throat> the message of my sermon this morning is wrestling with God. And again, it's it's a uh, we're just going to see this morning how our lives can be changed and and made new. Uh, when we lean on God and not our own understanding, it's that that message of surrender this morning that, that I want to continue to to look at. We're going to see a struggle this morning between a, a guy named Jacob. Uh, and through that struggle, Jacob is blessed and changed. As you guys know about Jacob in the the Old Testament, he's a pretty prominent figure in in uh, in the Old Testament. He's talked about quite a bit. Um, Jacob has uh, Jacob's name literally means uh, heel snatcher, which is a funny name. I don't know why you'd name your baby that, but um, in this case, obviously, as uh, most Bible names do, they they represent something uh, <laughs> that kind of represents your character, and and we're gonna see here that. That Jacob, a lot of the time, he was a he was a man that knew God. He was a man that he was a man that knew God and uh, and was blessed by God a lot of the time. But that didn't always uh, carry over into having godly character. Um, and we're going to see that today. We're going to see uh, that that God's love is uh, is kind of out of our understanding sometimes because there's a fight today. Uh, it's called wrestling with God for a reason. Jacob literally wrestles with God today, uh, physically, which I'm sweating just thinking about wrestling with God. Um, that's, I don't know, that doesn't sound like a good idea to me, but we all wrestle with God internally, right? Um, but we're going to see in our story just a kind of a different side of God that that we're not used to generally seeing. And, uh, you know, we always, we know that God's willing to fight uh, for us. Amen. God's willing to fight for that. You know that this morning, right? But sometimes, um, fighting for you means, uh, fighting, just fighting you, (laughs) um, and fighting against some of these, uh, sin, sinful things in our life. And, uh, and so there's an internal struggle, a internal struggle, uh, boy, struggle happening today in our verses. And, uh, and just like Jacob struggles, we struggle, and we're gonna we're just gonna dig into it today and just see see what this text has for us. But I think it's such a it's only ten verses that I'm gonna go through, but it's such a rich text that I think every one of us can relate to to Jacob in one way or another in this text and just see ourselves and our relationship with God and and my son who's laughing at me. Um, 
So our scripture today, we're really we're going to focus on two things we can really see from the scripture, and it's that that God meets us wherever we're at in our lives, and it's also that uh, there's a victory that comes out of defeat. Oh, okay. Is that helpful? You guys could have just said you couldn't hear me. Dang. <laughs> okay. Um, the victory comes in our defeat. Um, there's a victory that we're going to see that comes after Jacob's kind of willing to surrender. That's that story of surrender where it comes in. So we're just going to get going here. We're going to be in verse 22, chapter 32, verse 22 today. I'm just going to kind of break this down uh, one or two verses at a time, because I think every single one of these verses just has something for us today. Um, so my first point here, if you, if you guys want to take notes, I suggest you do it. It just helps uh, retain the knowledge. It really, I find it really helps anyway. Is that uh, number one is that God will meet us wherever we're at in our lives. How many of you guys believe that to be true this morning? How many of you guys have felt that this morning? Amen. Verse 22 says, And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. We're going to stop right there. <clears throat> if you guys know about Jacob's life, if you guys have, uh, you know, been reading your Bible, you guys have read through Genesis, you'll see uh, this scripture starts out with Jacob in a pattern that Jacob's been in for a long time in his life. Um, the, I said the name Jacob means uh, heel snatcher, uh, but people also interpret it as meaning deceiver. Uh, Jacob was a really crafty guy. He was a really crafty guy. He came up with these schemes, and, and he was pretty good at, uh, at, at this. He was pretty good at, at being tricky and, and tricking people. And, um, and just some insight, just paint the picture of where we are today and, and where Jacob got into the situation where he's sending his family across the river in the middle of the night um, and sending all of his possessions away. Um, Obviously, there's some backstory there. And so I just want to talk about that backstory real fast. Uh, straight from birth, uh, Jacob was known as just a guy who, who was crafty, who was always maybe not turning to God always for, for things, but always uh, kind of leaning in his own understanding. Um, from the moment he came out of his mother's womb with his twin brother holding his heel, that's where he gets that name, Heel Snatcher, um, cause being the older child back then mattered. It means that you got dad's inheritance. You, you took over the kingdom. And, and so Jacob, even from birth, you see, he's got a competitive nature to him. Uh, he's stubborn and, uh, he's willing, willing to try to pull his brother back to try to, to get out before him. Um, and so we just see from like birth that like, okay, Jacob's got, Jacob's got some He's got some uh, some street smarts, as, as you say. You know, he's he's thinking. He's uh, he's clever. <clears throat> but this continues just over his over his life, and the Bible talks about it uh, pretty in depth in some areas. Um, we see Jacob a little bit older, um, actually so good at being clever and and deceiving 
that somehow he convinces his older brother to trade away his birthright uh, for a bowl of soup. That's disgusting. I don't know, you know, that, I don't, that guy probably needs to be a car salesman or something. Like, <laughs> no offense to the car salesman. In the, he's not here today. So, okay. <laughs> I would, you know, maybe like a good steak or something, but a bowl of soup. I'm not a soup guy. If you guys are soup guys, I don't know. A bowl of soup for, for a birthright. He somehow just talks him into making that trade, that bad deal. Um, and obviously Esau's not super pleased by that. Um, he also over time just tricks his mom and dad uh, and, and, and his mom and dad kind of get angry to the point where Jacob walks away from his family and, and that life and says, oh, I'm going to go, you know, let's go live at, at my father-in-law's house. Let's go pack up and, and we'll go live over there. A guy named Laban's house. And, and he kind of burns the bridge over there too. He kind of just, uh, there's, there's some, there's some stuff going on and, and, uh, I don't have time to get into it, but, uh, he kind of burns that bridge there, thinks he's burning that bridge there. And, um, and, and so we see just these conflicts happen over and over again with, with people in his life. And, and, uh, there's just, uh, there's a lot to Jacob, the self-made man who thinks he has to rely on himself to get out of his situations and ends up usually just making it worse. But he gets to the point where he has to leave Laban um, and he goes off on his own. <clears throat> and so now he's on his own and he finds out that Esau is on his way to his new camp with 400 men. And he thinks Esau's coming to kill me. Esau's coming to get me and... uh I got to come up with my next clever ploy. How am I going to get out of this one? But he's not asking God that. He's asking himself that. Um, because time and time again, we've seen that he's like, oh, I've done it before and I can do it again. And he's fallen into this, this, uh, this dangerous situation where you can just... Jacob wasn't by any means a man who was poor. He was wealthy. Uh, God had blessed him in that in that way, God had blessed him with uh, wealth. And, and I feel like that's a tricky one to be in. I think that there's a lot of people that in our lives and, and in our communities out there in society that think, well, you know, I've made it this far without God. I can keep going. I can keep going. Look what I've done. Of course, it's not what you've done, but um, it's that tricky that you fall into. And I think, uh, I think Jacob's fell into this self-made man trick where He's, he knows God. He has a, he believes in God. He's probably thankful for the thing God's have done. God has done in his life, but, but he's not ready to, to just say, God, I need your help on this. Um, so instead we see, uh, as Esau's coming his way with 400 men, um, where Jacob thinks that surely this will be his end unless he does something about it. Um, he sends his wife and his possessions over the river, says, I don't want, I don't want Esau to have the, the access to those things. I don't want anything bad to happen to my family, which probably thinks like a good, it looks like a good idea probably in Jacob's eyes. You know, I want to protect my family. Well, that's good. That's good that you want to protect your family. But I just think about how hard it was to, to probably cross a river with that many people 
uh, there's dangers that come with that. There's dangers in leaving your family alone to fend for themselves. Um, Jacob wasn't there to defend his family anymore. They were on the other side of the river. What happens if there was information that he knew of or that he didn't know where there was danger on the other side of that river? It's just things to think about. Um, and it's just things to, to think, you know, we can come up with some pretty clever ideas on our own. Um, but we maybe they're maybe not as good as ideas as, uh, as God would have for us this morning. So uh, just moving on, next verse says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. <clears throat> There's a lot to unpack in that verse. Jacob was left alone. Jacob had sent all of his things across the river and, and Jacob was left um, kind of just, I imagine just sitting pretty close to the riverbank by himself, having some moments to, to just reflect on what's, what's happened in his life. It doesn't say what exactly he was doing. It doesn't say that he turned to God for prayer. Um, but I just imagine from Jacob's track record, Jacob was probably thinking to himself, uh, you know, I'm running out of ideas. I, I don't know where, where am I going to go next? You know what? Esau's on his way here. I don't have a plan. Uh, and probably just a little bit of maybe like kind of thinking that he's doomed. <clears throat> and then a man shows up and just starts wrestling with him. Um, but I think it's important that we look at this, this, uh, this part of our scripture where it makes a point to say that, that Jacob was alone when this man came. Something that was going on with Jacob, something that was going on internally with Jacob happened when Jacob was able to get away from these distractions and, and be alone. And maybe that was um, that he was starting to think about leaning towards God. Maybe it was just that he, he finally admitted to being at rock bottom Maybe he thought he was, there was, it was hopeless and he was just ready to say, well, Esau's going to come kill me and, and that's the end of it. Maybe he was scheming up another plan. It doesn't really say, but um, something happened internally when Jacob was alone. And I think that that's a, that's a word for us this morning, guys, that um, we're going to find out in just a few verses that these, this man uh, was actually an angel of God. Some even think it was Jesus, uh, the way he showed up in the Old Testament a few other times. Um, but we know it was, it was of God. This, this angel was of God. And, um, and I think today we can just really see that if, there's some good things that can come from us just getting away from, from the busyness of our life, taking a step back from whatever's going on, and just spending a little bit of time alone to be able to get away from those distractions and just fully focus fully on God this morning. So I, I hope if that's you this morning, um, if you're listening, that you're taking a few moments out of each day to just spend some time with God alone. Um, because we see here that that's, that's uh, in this case, that's where God began to work. That's where God began to, to show up. <clears throat> And this is where God meets uh, Jacob. This is where Jacob's at in his walk. This is where Jacob's at in his life. 
he's at a point where he's not sure where to turn. He's not sure where to go. Uh, and he thinks he's doomed. Uh, just sent his family away. And that's where God shows up for Jacob. And, and, uh, and God meets us wherever he needs to. And sometimes that's tough. Sometimes that's in a tough place where, where we've been beat up and, and, and we're broken. A lot of the times it's where we're tough, where it's, uh, it's in a place where we're just beat down and broken and hurt. Something traumatic's happened. Um, and, and that's really where, and we're going to see, um, that's where the victory comes into play. <clears throat> but there's a tough love and, 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 and God's willing to just go wherever he needs to, to, to be there for us. And it's, it's, a, it's in a pretty odd way this morning that we see that God, uh, God starts to fight with Jacob physically. And that's, that's really outside of a, that's, that's really a different picture of God than we normally see, right? We really, when we see God, a lot of the time it's in a healing matter. It's in a loving matter. And this isn't a loving matter. It doesn't seem like, okay, God comes and wrestles you, but um, we got any parents out there right now? You guys know about tough love, right? There's tough love. I, yeah, I became an I became a, a adoptive dad this year to four kids, and um, there's tough love that is involved with parenting. And God's our heavenly father. It says it over and over again in the Bible. And, and just like uh, we have to do to our kids, he's got to do that to us sometimes. There's, there's, there's some tough love that's involved um, if, if we go there. I, this, I think it was this summer. I was, uh, we were out shopping. I think it was, we were even garage selling maybe. And, uh, I remember buying this toy for, for my five-year-old son. And it was, it was just a great day we were having out in the sun and, and he's, uh, man, super happy and we're having a good time. And I said, absolutely. Yeah, man, you could buy that toy. And it just made his day, lit him up and, and I was so happy to do it. You know, we obviously, we want to bless our children and, and we want to see them have a good time. Um, but how quickly it just turned into something just crazy where it was like five minutes later, he just decided that he just didn't want to listen to mom and dad anymore. And I was like, well, that's a, that's a real bummer. And man, I gave him a, uh, you know, a couple verbal warnings and said, man, you need to knock it off. You can't act like that. You know, you got to listen to mom and dad. And he didn't. And you know what I did? I took that toy and I chucked it out the window going 55 down the highway. Um, I did. I did it. <laughs> you can email me later about it. Uh, no regrets. He was, uh, he was devastated, man. It was his brand. He had it for five minutes and I just chucked it out the window. He watched it tumble down the road as, as we drove off to buy toy. And it's a bummer. I didn't want to do that. I just spent money on that toy. I wanted to see him enjoy it. But it's the tough love. Uh, you know, do you think God wanted to send an angel down to, to wrestle with Jacob? No. God wants, a, God, wants us to, God wants us to ask him for help way before we get to that point. 
way before we get to that point. But he's willing to just go as far as, you know, we have free will as humans. God's a gentleman and, and, and God gives us free will to, to go off and, and be a knucklehead. And, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of the time we take advantage of that and, and, and we go off and be knuckleheads. Yeah. And, uh, and God will watch you. But when we get to that point where we're ready to, to just ask God and surrender, God's there for us. And it looks different to different people. And in this situation in our story, it's, uh, it's on. It's fight club time. So uh, moving on. Next verse says, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint and he wrestled with him. Yeah, so now Jacob's got a broken hip. I also see here that um, it was in our last verse. They wrestled all night long. How exhausting. How much stamina do you have to have to just wrestle all night long with somebody, Um, especially God? But obviously, God's, God's power is unlimited. And, and I think this just kind of shows, like, God just takes it one step further and says, well, you know, we want to wrestle all night. Okay, let me just touch your hip. And it's broken, and it gets shrunk up. And, and now we're talking about some permanent damage being done, <laughs> unfortunately, um, physically anyway. <clears throat> God had the power to just... Absolutely, just crush Jacob like an ant. Um, he had the power to do that. But again, this is something out of love. This isn't something where you see God, uh, you know, God's not entering the third room going, let's go. It's, it's game time. I've been ready for this. I'm going to put you in your place, boy. Uh, that's not what we see here. Uh, you know, he's like, we're going to do this. I don't want to do this. Uh, but I love you enough to, to, to meet you here. And this is tough love that you're going to receive right now. And, and uh, I'm sorry, I have to break your hip right now, but this is, this is how it's got to be. This is what's going to get to you right now. <clears throat> and that just really speaks on the, just the, I think just the loving nature of, of God and, and who he is moving on. Our next verse says, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And when I read through this the first time, <clears throat> first of all, this whole kind of scripture is a little bit confusing because there's a lot of he's. There's a lot of he's. So it's like, who's talking who? Um, and this angel is saying, let me go for the day breaks. And Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And when you see, when you read that, it's hard to, to capture the tone of where Jacob's coming from in this because it just seems like, this seems a little prideful and arrogant. It seems kind of a, a little bit like a old Jacob answer of like, you need to give me something or I'm not going to let you go. And and seems like Jacob's in control here. Um, that's not the case. That's not the case. And and we can see, actually, it says in Hosea 12, 4, uh, it accounts to this. It, it references this, this moment. Um, and we see in that verse uh, that Jacob in this moment was weeping and he sought favor here. 
And so Jacob's doing this from a place of, of brokenness. Jacob's asking this from a place of uh, weeping, crying out. <clears throat> Jacob was at a moment here where I'm not, I'm not sure how long Jacob would, Jacob would have uh, fought. Jacob was, uh, Jacob was at his last rope. Jacob didn't have a lot to live for. Jacob thought that his brother was on his way to kill him. That, when you get in a situation like that, a lot of the time you're just, you know, what you'll fight until you're dead. I think Jacob was prepared to, to sit here and fight and say, I've got nothing left to lose. So I'll sit here and fight you. I don't want to, but I will. And... And then the angel goes, let me go for the day breaks. And in a weeping voice, in a really a call out, in a surrender, really as a way of saying, I've got nothing left. Please help me. Please help me. Bless me. Um, we see Jacob just uh, kind of just lay down. Uh, That's Jacob's way of just laying down and say, I'll let you go, but, but please help me. And that, that goes on to our, my next point here, which is uh, we see that victory that comes uh, with that defeat. And so Jacob is just in a point now where, where he's kind of taking the, the he's, he's yielding to, to God in this fight. He's saying, I need help. He's finally willing to lay down, surrender, like the song said this morning, and say, I need help. This isn't something I can do on my own. And I'll, I'll sit here and fight, but I need help. Well, I'll let you go, but I need help. <clears throat> Our next verse says, so he said to him, what is your name? And Jacob answered, Jacob. And Jacob says, or uh, and the angel says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. <clears throat> and so we see the angels, uh, the angels ready to, the angel blesses Jacob and says, this is, this is your new beginning. You finally surrendered. You finally laid it down. We, you finally in a place to where you can kind of receive everything that God's got for you. Not just, not just the blessings of wealth or anything else, but, but those blessings uh, internally, that peace that you've been missing for so long. And a name change in the Bible is often a sign of a new beginning. We can see that uh, Simon becomes Peter, uh, Saul becomes Paul. Uh, over and over again, we see that God will change our names and it really just signals that new beginning in, in that person's life. Um, where God's saying, you're no longer, you know, this life of being Jacob, the heel snatcher, the deceiver, uh, Jacob, the, the crafty guy who wants to rely on himself. Jacob, the self-made man is no more. That, that life is behind you. That name is no more. That name doesn't fit you anymore. Your new name's Israel. Now, Israel uh, translates to struggle with God. That's been translated differently by different Bible scholars. Um, a few that I saw were let God rule, God strives. Um, 
my favorite by far that I saw a Bible scholar reference this to and uh, kind of translate it to uh, was God mastered man. I think that, you know, I think if anybody ever wants to remember me as anything on this earth or, or write about me, I would hope that somebody would describe me as a God mastered man. That's, I think, the goal. I think every one of us in this room, God mastered man or God mastered woman, um, I think that's where we need to be. That's where, uh, <clears throat> where we're just able to surrender to God and let God come in and, and work on us and fix us and make us better to where we can receive that, the gifts of God fully without um, any of the weirdness standing in between. That just that God mastered man. Let's all just amen on, let's try to just be God mastered men and women. If we could all just be God mastered men and women, just relying fully on God, just our church alone, how we could just go in and just change this city, change this community, because that spreads like wildfire. When we can, when we can just harness the full, just undistracted power of God and not let weirdness and distractions get in our way. Uh, we're just so much more powerful. We're, we're able to just go out and, and be just brighter lights to our community. <clears throat> then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is in the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. <clears throat> and so we see this morning that Jacob's got a new name, a new identity, uh, a new way of thinking in, in life. Um, and Jacob celebrates this occasion after he's blessed by, by God and just says, I've seen the face of God. And a lot of the time in the Bible, people thought that seeing the face of God was a, a thing that would kill you. It was a thing that would uh, destroy you. It's, God's face was too hard to handle. Uh, Jacob sees the face of God here and he's blessed. And so he names the, the place uh, Peniel, which just literally means the face of God. And that's going to be a landmark in, in Jacob's life, uh, and not just the physical landmark, but it's going to be a landmark that, that Jacob's going to remember his whole life. Um, when he sees that on a map, he's going to say, that's the place where, where God uh, wrestled with me and I surrendered. I turned my life over. I stopped trying to do things my way and started doing things his way. Um, Jacob also has a pretty gnarly limp now to remind him of this, uh, this struggle. And I'm sure anytime that limp started to ache or, or you know, he couldn't run like he used to or anything, um, I'm sure that's going to be uh, quite the reminder. And not a bad reminder. I, I hope that Jacob didn't look at that and go, dang, I wish God wouldn't have done that. It was Jacob's fault. God didn't want to do that. God had to do that. That's where God 
needed to meet Jacob. <clears throat> That's what Jacob was going to respond to. Um, but I hope instead that Jacob, when he feels that, he just feels blessed that, man, I'm so glad that God will just meet us exactly where we are and, and give me exactly what I needed to just uh, stop, turn around and, and face God and, and, not, and not try to go do my own thing here. <clears throat> we'll have scars and trauma from, from our past. Maybe our past before we met God. Um, there's hurt. Some, some hurt and trauma and pain is more than others, but we've all got some on some level, right? Because we live in a sinful, fallen world, and we've all made mistakes, and we're all sinners. You guys are all sinners in this room. I hope you know that. That's my takeaway. Good night. I'm just that's not where the story ends. Thank, thank the Lord. Um, but you are. We're all sinners. And we've all got these past scars and trauma and everything. And it's easy to look at those scars and trauma and, and think of, of just times where you wrestled with yourself. You know, we kind of see Jacob in this story. He wrestled, uh, he wrestled with himself. Uh, he struggled and, and wrestled with other people. And then he wrestles and struggles with God. And I think you guys can all, everybody in this room can fall into one of those categories. We have struggles with people, ourselves, and God. And again, it looks different for everybody, but our God is a God who knows our struggles. He knows where we're at, and he's willing to just reach out and say, it's time for us to wrestle, or it's time for you to go through a hard season because this is what you need right now. Um, because so often we fall into that trap of just uh, pride. There's just a pride that, it's just that sin of pride that, that can just sneak up on us and think, I love God. Um, I don't need him though. I can do this on my own. You know, God's cool. But that's a, you know, and it's great. You've got, you know, you've got nice stuff. That's great. Uh, don't forget where it came from. It came from God. It came from God. But let's make sure we're using these scars and these traumas as just a remembrance of, of God and just a remembrance of what God did in our life. <clears throat> as I wrote this this week, uh, and a lot of you may know, and my dad, uh, I've talked about my dad before, but my dad's a... My dad's an inmate at Oregon State Penitentiary. He has been for, for like five years now. And there was, a, there was a hearing this week. Thank you for everybody who prayed for my dad this week. There was a hearing. Um, unfortunately, it just got postponed, so pretty anticlimactic this, this week in, in that sense. But um, I just can't help but think about my dad in this story because my dad did something uh, most people would consider unforgivable. Um, and it ended up costing him. But to this day, my dad's never met his grandkids uh, in person. Um, my dad's missing out on uh, just crucial moments uh, with his mom as his mom gets older and, and needs to rely on her. Um, and it could have been so easy for my dad to just go through and, and just say, what, why did you do this to me, God? Why are you robbing me of these moments? Why did you break my hip? God didn't break my dad's hip, but you get the, you get the picture. Um, 
But instead, my dad has, um, and through the grace of God, this was, this was my dad's uh, pineal moment. This was my dad's landmark where he saw the face of God and said, this isn't what you want for me. This isn't what you want for me. And I'm happy to say, man, my dad's got a stronger relationship with Jesus than he's ever had in his entire life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, and, and he thanks God for, for the position that he's in right now. And he puts all of his faith in God that, God, you know exactly where I need to be. And my prayers for my dad is that he gets out and he's got that pineal moment. He's got that hip that he can drive by that penitentiary and not say, those were some of the worst years of my life, but instead say, that's where God wrestled me to the ground and I was able to finally lay down and say, I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to do this on my own. I'm done trying to do this without you. I'm ready to do life with you instead. <clears throat> there's another, there's another uh, victory that I want to talk about today, and that's just uh, the victory that came after the defeat on the cross. Jesus's victory. It was a, it was a victory. Um, and it looked like a defeat. It, it, it came in the way of a defeat. That Jesus, everybody, you know, Jesus knew what was happening, but our defeat, or our victory often looks much like Jacob's. Um, when we tell ourselves, I can't do it. Uh, I can't do this on my own. I'm tired. I'm out of options. I'm done running. Um, but that victory that came through Jesus uh, is our victory. It's our victory from sin. It's our victory. Um, it's our victory. And it, and it looked a lot like defeat at first. But three days later, Jesus rose for us. And so that we have this opportunity just to remember him. Uh, and Jesus needs to be that pineal moment in our life. Uh, that pineal moment that uh, is our, against our sins. Jesus is our pineal where we can remember that we can't forget what Jesus did for us on that cross that day. And it's so easy to forget what Jesus did for us that day. Um, and again, our, the, our sin gets in our way and we just don't see clearly. Uh, we're blinded. We think we can do it by ourselves. But if we just continue to have these reminders um, and the big reminder today for us and the most important reminder that we have is Jesus and that victory he had over sin. And so today, <clears throat> as our worship team is already up here because they're awesome, um, I want to just, I want to take communion together and just, uh, and just remember Jesus as that, as that moment where he died for us and conquered sin. And we need to surrender our lives to Jesus to be able to, uh, be able to reap that benefit. We need to be able to, where sin doesn't have, uh, Sin has no 
power here anymore. As long as we just turn our lives to Jesus, uh, turn away from that sin and walk back towards Jesus. And, and so sin has no power here anymore. Sin has no power over us because of the work Jesus did on that cross and that victory that came out of that defeat on the cross. Um, and so communion, if, if you're new to this concept of communion, it's just our way to remember. It's, it's something that we do to help us remember this morning. And remembering is a big part of what I'm talking about this morning. Have that pineal moment this morning with God. Uh, and, and, and this just represents what Jesus in his last supper with his disciples said, take this meal, take this bread and this wine and just remember the blood and the flesh that, that I'm gonna spill on this cross for you. And so we're gonna do that this morning while the worship team sings. I'm gonna ask my prayer team to come up. Let's just have a time to reflect this morning where we can, uh, where we can just ask God uh, if we need to surrender. Let's, let's take a moment and surrender this morning.